the season's been over for a while, but we still haven't profiled relievers. We've handled every other part of this team. So we're going to do some old friend alerts, and then we're getting into maybe the biggest strength on the Cleveland Guardians, the bullpen, on today's Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm one of your two hosts of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. As mentioned, I am Jeff Ellis, uh, formerly wrote for Scout 24 uh, 7, Indians uh, prospect slash baseball insider back in the day. Uh, now I do this and have for as we approach 900 episodes. I'm Justin Lado, another co host, and I am. Currently, for the time being, the manager of Guardians Baseball Insider. If you're a, uh, a follower or a fan of that, uh, we had an announcement last week about that. But, uh, yeah, go to Twitter, check that out, and uh, I'll be having some new resume things to, I guess, announce in January. But uh, for now, I'm here with Jeff, and I'll be here with Jeff continued. But uh, for now, I manage GuardiansBaseballInsider.com as well. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's it, that that is always going to be a place of special, special place in my heart. It is. I had written a few things before then, but that was definitely where I got started. Let's do some old friend alerts. There was quite a few over the weekend. Uh, the most minor one was probably Bradley Zimmer to the Dodgers. The thing I will say is, well, Bradley Zimmer's a great defender. Uh, he has struggled offensively, but there is a world where he could get some time for the Dodgers this year. Uh, being something not dissimilar to what Cody Bellinger was the last two years, like an 80 runs created plus and plus defense and some power. Um, the last two years, Cody Bellinger and Bradley Zimmer have been dissimilar because Bradley Zimmer struggles to even get to an 80 runs created plus. But uh, I think there's some similarity in the profile. And it's crazy for all of the Dodgers minor league depth. It's almost all pitching. Um, Michael Bush is their like left fielder slash second baseman. Andy Pages is, I think, first base only but they don't really have the pieces. So Bradley Zimmer's got a chance to play for them. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I think uh, Zimmer's best like outcome when they drafted him was probably some of Bellinger's good years, right? That's what everybody was hoping uh, Bradley Zimmer would be. I don't know what they'll do. I mean, if Andy Pajes is up with them this year, he can play the outfield. He just doesn't have the range. He has a great arm. Um it's a weird system. I don't know. It's just very weird to see the Dodgers kind of bargain hunting. They have not made a big move this offseason besides what they brought back Clayton Kershaw. That was it, right? They have anything else? No. Or I'm sorry, they brought in uh, a reliever. Uh, I don't know um, who it is now. They brought in uh, Sidney Garden and JD Martinez. Yeah. That's right. JD Martinez today. Okay. So they've done a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, they've spent we'll less than the Guardians in free agency. I feel like um, I know that's weird, and they. Lost I wouldn't be surprised if multiple if Zimmer's in AAA. Yeah. Oops. No, I you know I they their outfield of uh, Thompson, Outman, and uh, Mookie Betts. I mean, outside of Betts, that's, uh, that looks like a Guardians outfield from the past few years. Uh, that is bad. It's not good because they lost and- Justin Turner today as well, right? That was the newest loss for them. 
That's what I was going to say. So what? They're going to have to play. I guess Miguel Vargas will play third base for them now, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing because I, I like Vargas a lot. But it's just so weird. I, I, I know they're probably waiting on like the Trevor Bauer situation to resolve itself before they do anything. But uh, it is just, yeah, it's just weird to see Cleveland outspend Los Angeles. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised though if Zimmer's in AAA this year. Like like you said, him getting into an 80-weighted 80, 80 runs created plus or 85 would be like a major win at this point. He was so bad last year. You look at his numbers, he was awful. He couldn't hit anything. It was it was probably his worst offensive year ever. Yeah, it's, really it's, uh, no, I agree. And they... You know, we'll see. Maybe they'll trade for someone like Michael Taylor if Kansas City is settling off, if they can find someone who at least provides one-plus skill. But, yeah, Dodgers are in a weird place. Speaking of people who can't hit, uh, Austin Hedges got $5 million for the Pirates, whose whole approach seems to be sign Cleveland's um, former catcher. Here's the thing I will say is a year ago, Roberto Perez is made of tissue paper, and he, like, lasted a month. But Perez had a much higher offensive ceiling uh, Hedges is a, I, you know, I feel like Hedges and Perez are probably equal at this point in terms of defense, but I, I think they, you know, want some veteran leadership as well. Um, they've got Indy there. who's going to spend some time with catcher, but this gives them you know, someone to kind of show them the ropes and go through with him. I, it's not, I don't know if I'd say it's a smart move, but it's not a bad move for the pirates. Uh, he fills a lot of what they need as a, just a young developing team, but I, you know, for everyone who thought that Hedges wouldn't get anything at all, he got five million dollars. He got more than he made last year. He was he made four million dollars in his last arbitration year last year, and he got five million this year. So the going rate for a catcher who is healthy and is somewhat competent defensively clearly is five million dollars because there's no offense to speak of with with Austin Hedges and the defense regressed a little last year, but it's still you know good enough to play most days and. Not surprised that's the role he ends up in. Uh, obviously, Cleveland was not giving him $5 million to come back and back up Mike Zanino for a million dollars less than what Zanino got. But uh, I don't know. It, it is a similar situation, though, right? He is going to go and keep the seat warm for Andy Rodriguez. And then uh, if he does well, he'll get traded to a team that needs defensive help or something. Uh, and if not, he'll just cede the position to Andy at some point and uh, I guess Henry Davis probably won't be up this year for them. I would guess not, but maybe. I don't know. Um, I guess Pirates fans should hope that he is because that means things are going well. But, um, yeah, best-case scenario, Hedges gets traded. And then worst-case scenario, uh, if he's as bad as he was last year, I don't know, next year I was looking at a minor league deal. Here, Here's the real question, though. Is um, is Mike Sanino the Pirates catcher next season? Yes. I hope not, because yeah, if, if Mike Sanino is the Pirates catcher next season, that means he did not have a good season for the Guardians. So uh, he's going to um, have a really good season, and then he's going to be the Pirates splurge as their core starts hitting the big leagues. That would be weird, because next year, Andy Rodriguez should have that job for them full time. Same with Bo Naylor and Cleveland. So uh, that would They're gonna be, be the I, DH slash backup. Oh, geez. Kind of his role for Cleveland. He's going to be I think in there one day. Lefties. One day we should really make a list of how many ex Cleveland players have wound up in Pittsburgh over the last like five years. Cause you can go back to the, the, the Jordan Luplo trade and um, just go from there. Like just Ben Gamble count. Many... Yeah. He played like five games in Cleveland, right? 
I think just above five. Did he? Did he actually? Yeah, he was on the roster right before they let him. Go. He was on the opening day roster, so yeah. you know everybody. I, everybody for some reason always cares about the opening day roster. Like you get out of spring training and, the, and you see the opening day roster, and everyone makes a big deal out of it. And it's like, do we forget that? Like by the September, the roster is going to be totally different. Like look at last year, Bobby Bradley, Yu Chang, Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado were all on the opening day roster last season. All of them are now with different organizations. Some of them are even in an organization and that team, the team went to the playoffs without them, but like, yeah. So Ben Gamble was here on opening day. That was, uh, was that 2021? Was Ben Gamble on the roster? I think it was 2020, wasn't it? No, that was the, that was the COVID year. And that was uh, Domingo Santana was on that roster and, the line yeah, of the shield. I think, I think yeah, it was think 2021. Right. Yeah, because it was two years oh. with the Pirates, right? Yeah, so I think Oof. you're right. 2021. 11 I mean, you go games, way back. You've got 17 plate appearances. If you want to, if you really want to dig down, I mean, look. And he actually had an okay year a year ago. Not great, but his he, backup is fine. He did. He was pretty awful for Cleveland, and then he got to. Yeah. I mean, it was for a couple games, but yeah, he got to Pittsburgh. He was actually like not bad. So. I think one one show this offseason we're gonna have to dedicate all the time to all the ex Cleveland players that made it to Pittsburgh because that could be a whole show. <laughs> it, it honestly could be. Um, and then quickly, last one: Michael Brantley returned to Houston. This one just amused me because you know Houston chased Dalton Varshone again. I'm like, with what assets? Unless you're trading a starter, but like Arizona doesn't need starters. Uh, they chased Sean Murphy again with what assets? And after chasing and chasing and having no luck chasing these guys that never really made much sense, they circle back around and sign Brantley to essentially be their DH and to hope that he can um, come back healthy. Did the Astros get better this offseason? Did they? Uh, I, I don't think they did. They I mean, lost. Yes, they brought, oh, they, they, well, they replaced Gurriel with Jose Abreu, but they lost Verlander. Yeah. Uh, Guriel and Mancini for Abreu and Abreu is, you know, they upgraded there. They got worse at catcher by losing uh, Vasquez and losing Verlander to yep. me is huge. And so not I replacing think, Vasquez. Yeah. And they haven't replaced that. So the, the weakness of catcher and the weakness of the top of the rotation, you know, replacing a Verlander is an impossibility. They have good depth, but yeah, no, I think they are weaker right now than they were in the season started. Yeah. Hot take. Who knows if Brantley will be healthy. I, I hope Brantley's healthy just for his sake, but uh <laughs> I don't know. There were people out there who were there was, you know, I feel like there wasn't a lot of interest in Brantley all along. There was not a lot of people who were connecting the dots to him to going anywhere. Jim Bowden like randomly tried to throw out that Cleveland would be interested in him, and I'm like, we haven't heard that at all, and I don't even know what at bats he would take here. So um, that didn't yeah. make a whole lot of sense to me. Didn't make any sense to me either. Now is a perfect time though to make some sense. Take a quick ad break. Talk about some of the fantastic people who helped sponsor this show. Uh, on today's Lockdown Guardians, we're going to come back and get into relievers. Uh, it's the last part for us to review. But our first ho- uh, first sponsor are the good friends over at Bet Online. You know them. You love them. They've been with us for almost three years now. I mean, Bet Online has been an ardent supporter of Lockdown Guardians and the MLB side of things. I'm not going to do the ad read, though. Who wants an ad read? Who wants boring old dry? I'm going to go see what's going on at the website right now. Odds to win the American League. By the way, we said the Astros got weaker. They are still plus 250, best odds. Um, that's even after uh, Rodon signing with the Yankees. 
Blue Jays at 750, Mariners at 800. And here's a crazy one to me. The White Sox plus 1200. They're tied with the Rays and the Rangers. Like one of those to me is not like the other. That would be the Rays. Those other two teams. I'm not seeing that. Guardians are tied with, or Guardians on their own, just barely ahead of the Red Sox. Oh, I'm bad online. Uh, if that appeals to you, if you agree with me that there's some crazy ones in there, I don't know if I necessarily gave you a good one to bet on, but I gave you some ones to not bet on. Head to bet online, our good friends over there today. Relievers. Um, last year, I thought relievers were a low-key need for this team. And then uh, Sam Henches and Trevor Steffen pretty much told me to shut my full mouth. And uh, yeah, Eniel uh, De Los Santos, who I didn't even really bother to cover his signing before it happened, uh, when it happened. <laughs> like All of those guys kind of made me look very foolish. Um, now, a year later, I would argue it's the greatest strength of this team. Yeah, I, I came into last season thinking that the bullpen was <laughs> going to be a very shaky spot because, look, coming into the year, you had Emmanuel Classe. You knew what you had in him. He was your closer. That was a given. That was good. Um, beyond that, though, it was, it was a pretty pretty shaky group. I mean, you had James Karinczak, who was uh, coming back from – whatever was what. going on. Yeah. Who knows what, you know, sticky stuff or uh, just a confidence issue. I don't know. Uh, but he had a bad second half. He was pretty much banished to AAA to try to figure out what was going on with him. Nick Sandlin was hurt to end the year, uh, which he also and this year hurt, unfortunately too. So that's another question mark. You had was hurt uh, the year before that and the year before that. Yeah. It's starting to look kind of, kind of shaky. You had Anthony Ghost, who had never pitched a season in his life in the majors outside of a few appearances. You had, um, Brian Shaw, who was back, brought back for however much millions he made, which, you know, that almost, that went out I think over five, over five, I believe. Yeah. So you just had this group that, like you said, Dale Santos didn't even start the year with them last year. I mean, you just had a group that nobody really knew what was going to, they were going to do it. Like Emmanuel Classe was the only guy I think you really, had any any confidence in what he was going to do. And uh, how are you going to get the ball to that guy if you don't have anybody in front that you really feel good about, right? But um, to credit, credit to Cleveland and credit to the guys in the bullpen. They they did a great job. And um, the, the only thing that, you know, bullpens are so volatile year to year. You can get good performance out of got a guys one year and, and they may be terrible the next. It's just, you know, things happen. So we'll see. But uh, Eli Morgan – was was a very good reliever for them most of the year. He had some hiccups throughout the year. Um, Brian Shaw like had you know pockets where he was serviceable, and then for the most part was not. And then Nick Sandlin was good when he was healthy. Well, I shouldn't say good because you know what he got banished to AAA to figure out his control issues too. But uh, man, you want me to give you some names that pitched out of the bullpen for Cleveland this past year that would surprise you? Sure, go ahead. I think there's probably a few I've forgotten or in, uh, intentionally forgotten. Well, there was Alex Young, who pitched a, exactly a third of an inning uh, for Cleveland this year. He was good for, he the, a, for the Giants. When he, he was, surprisingly. Up. He pitched at the end of 2021 for them, and I was like, wow, I never want to watch this guy pitch again. He was so bad to watch. Northeast um, Ohio kid. Enjoyed- yeah, he was born in Westlake. I don't think he spent a yeah. lot of time here. I think he went to high school somewhere else. I don't think he was just born here. But uh, Ian Chabot pitched an inning and a third. He went on to be what? A good reliever for the, the Reds or the Dodgers at some point? Like he had a pretty solid year bounced, there? Did he? I thought he just bounced around. 
Uh, I think he had a few good innings for either the Reds or the Dodgers. I'm, I'm not going to look because you know this is not locked on Dodgers or locked on Reds, but uh, he had a good uh, few moments for somebody. I mean, 34 innings, ERA over nearly five, a FIP of 3.03 though. So he oh. granted some bad luck. Uh, high strikeout, high walk rates. Yeah, for the Reds. Uh, yeah, Logan Allen. The, not the not the prospect Logan Allen, the older Logan Allen. He pitched out of the bullpen for six innings. Um, we all know how that went. Um, Tanner Tully pitched six innings out of the bullpen this year. Anthony Castro pitched uh, thirteen innings out of the bullpen. Speaking that of Bradley the, Zimmer, yeah. Speaking of Bradley Zimmer, that was the, the Zimmer trade. He is now with Baltimore, I think. And then uh, Johan Ramirez. Uh, Tully is over in the KBO. No, Yankees. I'm sorry. He signed with the Yankees last week. Okay. Yes, that's where he went. And then um, Johan Ramirez, uh, speaking of Pirates being Cleveland players being picked up the Pirates, he pitched two innings, and uh, Johan Ramirez is now on the Pirates. And then, you know, you had Sandy Leone and Ernie Clement made pitching appearances. and Ernie Clement just passed through waivers back with the Oakland side note. Yeah. We brought that up on the yeah. show. Last week should have should have brought him home. Just kidding. Uh, I love Ernie Clement though. But yeah, those are some of the names that like you might have forgotten about the pitch in the bullpen this year. People forget it at one point though. This bullpen, either because of COVID or injuries um, or ineffectiveness, this this bullpen had some some rotation characters at one point. Like it was just you know cycling through some people. So very impressive that this this bullpen ended up um, fifth in the league in ERA. At the end of the year, three oh five. So they came Early a long the way. Year, they, I mean, they were leaning on Morgan so hard, and one could make the case that he was, you know, the the clear number two. But it's exactly what you kind of talked about there. It's the fact that like at the start of the year, ninety nine was in the minors, still trying to figure it out. He didn't pitch for like the first two months of the year. Well, he was at hurt all. first too. I know he was hurt, but like we never really got the exact hurt. Like it was like, was it a mental hurt? Was it a physical hurt? I know it was the elbow. Yeah, he had a. No, he had a he had a he had a uh, a strain back or whatever it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was an actual injury last year. Was the the was the you know injury? It was the spring training. He did hurt himself in spring training this okay. year. So he had, but you know he didn't pitch for a while, and then it was like June. He didn't pitch till May or June, right? Like I mean, he missed a few months to start the year. Um, yeah. but you had that Henches was still figuring out kind of exactly what he was as a reliever. Uh, Trevor Steffen was, you know, harnessing his stuff. It, it was earlier in the year, um, you know, and Sandlin was honestly awful at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not good at all, and he kind of had to get the ship righted down in the minors uh, as well. But For like then, a week <laughs> was it? I mean, it felt like it was, you know, it was sh- maybe just a little more than that, like less. Than it a was month, short because sure. he came back because of an injury. Like the, yeah. there was somebody got hurt, and they had to bring him back. They had no choice, so. I don't think he really but had much time to figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. He was effective. But, yeah, they turned what I thought was going to be an area of need and what I threw out the beginning two months or so looked like a bad situation into just now I look at this team, it's like, okay, uh, if Cody Morris is going to work out of the bullpen, then your bullpen is already set for this year. Like, that is eight arms right there. Like, that is the situation with this team. They don't have even a like a spot to – I know you know you've been uh, you've been a fan of Andrew Chafin and trying to sign someone, 
but I, I don't even know how they fit a reliever on right now, just based on where they are um, in terms of the 40 man and just their relief pitching in general. Uh, still, if there's a deal to be made with someone like Toronto who could use uh, relief depth or Arizona, I'd still love to see something happen uh, to maybe trade from that strength. You know, maybe if it is that Nick Sandlin's always beat up that, uh, yeah, try to sell him at a peakish value right now where he looked really good in the second half. Yeah, he was he was good in the second half. I, I'm, I'm I would be a little bit concerned though trading from this group because, like I just said, you know, and you know as well as I do, bullpens yeah. are volatile and uh, things don't always carry over year to year. Guys, you know, struggle with certain things, and your bullpens also are full of guys that didn't have the command to start. Whether it was just you know, command. Uh, mechanics issue or whatever it is like you know obviously james karenshack never spent a day starting in the minors they drafted him and put him right in the bullpen trevor Steffen was a starter in the minors but you know had command issues sam henches we saw had command issues um you know morgan is a different profile i don't know about de los santos they they unlock something there he was a starter uh, until he got here right wasn't he mostly who? a starter with philadelphia de los santos I don't think so, but I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Uh, I didn't really know much about him before he got here, so that was a great find by Cleveland. To, to, he was not good before he got here. Let's put it that no, way. He was, he was never good. And then, and then Nick Sandlin has had control issues too. So it's like any of these guys could come back next year who have had control issues in the past, and it could come back and hurt him in the bullpen or you know whatever could happen. So I'm always a fan of trying to add to your bullpen because – um, that's one area where I think it's a little easier to make it better. Um, you know, I think signing free agent relievers is kind of a fool's move. Like I, yeah, I, I like the idea of like Chafin or, or somebody else out there, but, um, this team, this team has not really signed any free agent relievers. If you look back, like I know Brian Shaw was technically a free agent, but let's, you know, we know how that went. Um, Logan, or I'm sorry, Boone Logan, Boone Logan. that was, a ter- that was a terrible signing. Logan Boone um, is someone else. Feels like he should be out there. I'm Quick, sure. I know uh, uh, Aniel was a starter through t- uh, 2019. So he was a okay. um, a starter until the, the COVID season. Right. So you've got, you know, three guys in your bull, four guys in your bullpen that were starters if you want to include Morgan. So that's how bullpens always end up being a makeup yeah. of. And, and there's extremes year to year. So I'm always a fan of trying to go out and find somebody to bolster your bullpen somehow because um it's one of the easiest way like if it's a strength if you can't add to your rotation if you can't add to your lineup um what's the what's the best thing you can do right run prevention if you can't go out and score more runs go out and get better at run prevention and i think bullpen is the one way to do that i've seen, i think we've seen a lot of teams even at the deadline who have good bullpens they go out and add a reliever because you know if you can't upgrade other areas of your roster that you really like to upgrade go out and improve run prevention. I think just to, to go out and, and safeguard themselves from any regression. Cause look, it's still a young bullpen. Class A is 24. Karen check is, I mean, he's got experience, but he's 27. Yeah. Stefan's 27. That was only a second year in the league. Sam Henches, 26, Sandlin, 25. These guys have like one full year in the bullpen. Same with Morgan. Uh, Morris has almost no major league innings outside of, you know, whatever 10 or 20 this year. So, it's an inexperienced group still. They did it. They've done it for one year. I just think that maybe adding some certainty would be nice. Right. hundred percent. I say we take a break here. I'm going to come back. Um, but 
we'll maybe do a little bit of prospect talk in the, the post main show. I want to throw uh, an idea, Justin, we didn't discuss before the show, which is some of our fans' favorite <laughs> things when we just sit there. Uh, and uh, I'm going to try to generate controversy in the next segment. So make sure you tune in for the fun controversy on today's Locked On Guardians. Okay, so my controversy here is... I'm going to, I'm going to do something weird. I'm going to throw out a letter grade. Normally I hate the idea of letter grades, but just, I'm going to throw out a letter grade on every player. And you're going to tell me if I am being, since I'm a teacher and you know, it's nearing the end of trimesters for some areas or semesters, you can tell me if I'm being a, a mean teacher or a fair teacher. So Emmanuel Classe on this past year, I would give him like an A plus. I know we don't put A pluses on report cards, but I think uh, there's nothing to quibble with with Classe. Is, is that uh, a wrong assessment? No, I think you have to give him a, a 99 out of 100 at the very least. Yeah. Uh, good old 99. Karin Chalk. Karen Chalk. 99. This is why. See, because, and again, for people who don't know about my pronunciation issue, it is a very common dyslexic issue where we get so in our own head that, like, everything lives in there at the same time. So I can hear, like, five different pronunciations in my head and I can't wait through them. So for 99, I give him an A minus. And before the people come out and say I'm a hater, the only reason it's an A minus is because we just didn't have the first few months. Like if he had been up all year, he'd be he'd be at almost an A plus as well. Like it's just because we didn't have him full year, so I put the A minus because we missed the first two months. Um, yeah, I guess you have to. I mean, the walk numbers are still scary, but uh, it's hard to argue the effectiveness. There's no numbers on there besides the walk rate that suggests that he had anything better than a, anything worse than that. So, I was yeah. looking for reasons. People people say you're a hater, and I'm I'm not a. I've been a big fan of of his talent for a while. It's just. I don't know. I, I'm always waiting for other shoe to drop with him. I suppose sometimes with that command issue. Yeah. Command is always scary. Like that is always going to be something that makes me scared of a guy, but you know, I think like I said, it's just, it's the opera, you know, missing a significant chunk of the air is the only reason he's not higher. Mm-hmm. Even though he still ended up what third in the bullpen, probably in innings fourth. Maybe not now that I'm looking at the list. He was actually quite a bit further down than I expected. Um, yeah, he had Morgan and De Los Santos and, and Stefan yeah. through a lot of innings. And he actually finished below Sandlin despite the fact that yeah. Sandlin spent a week in the minors. Okay, go on. Yeah, so he only had 38 games. Um, so next up, Stefan, I give an A. I felt like he was solid pretty much start to finish. A few hiccups in there, but especially where he came from. And I think he was second on the team in relief appearances as well. And I mean, worth nearly two war as a reliever is pretty fantastic always. So I give him a solid A. Yeah, I don't think you can do it. I, he saved that bullpen. Let's be honest. Trevor Stefan was the, I mean, Mano Classe yeah, was he, an all star, deservedly so. He was the, but I think Trevor Stefan did the heavy lift in the, lifting this year. Without him, yeah. this bullpen could have been in mass disarray. His, his, his development this year. Um, was a major part of why this, this bullpen was a strength. So he got a well-deserved A. Henches, I also give an A to. Uh, Stefan was 66 appearances. Class A was 77. Henches was 57 appearances. Solid left. He got better as the year went on, was there from the start, and just kept getting better. If I was doing first half, second half, it'd be like A-plus in the second half, and the first half would have been a B. Maybe C-plus, B-minus. But... Over the course of the full year, I think he is an A to me as well. Gonna have to agree again. Same with uh, same with Henches or uh, Stefan. If if 
and just doesn't have the second half that he does. Who knows how this bullpen looks? I think he had the best ERA in the second half of any reliever. I, I it was believe below you were one. correct. Yeah, yeah, it is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Brian Shaw. Oh, there's the cough. We're, we're getting the bingo. Where's my cat to finish this? Uh, Brian Shaw, I'm giving a D minus. I'm going to give him a C just because he provided a lot of value. Look, look, he, he didn't get claimed on waivers. He took his demotion or his uh, DFA like a class act because he is, but he wanted to stick yes. around and help out as a, uh, as a player or as a coach, I guess, or whatever capacity it really was. I don't think, I still think his, a lot of his value came off the field here or showed in other people. So I'm going to give him at least a C for his value provided to other players on the team. Yeah. Didn't he help? Um, did he help with Stefan's development of that splitter? Yeah, that it was, it was him and Blake Parker who gave yeah. him some tips on the splitter last year and that, that really took off for him. So that showed up a lot and really you just got a lot of guys asking him for like arm care and how do you make yourself available every day as a reliever and how do you rebound and things like this. So, a lot of indispensable advice. I'll give him at least a C for that. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't give him a, I guess D's are passing, but uh, yeah, you know, I should. That's why I went with the D because performance yeah, on the field is what it was. But I'll you're kinder for the coaching. <laughs> kinder greater than me. Uh, next in terms of appearances, uh, the the last guy over 50 was Eniel De Los Santos. Uh, he's always felt solid and steady, but not quite a star. I'm just kind of putting him in B, maybe B plus range because he was good and he was reliable but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't one of those students who's just breaking down the door. Like, so for me, I thought he was solidly in the B range this past year. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he, uh, he had some good appearances. He was the, I think he was the Dan Otero. Remember, I always thought, mm-hmm. thought people weren't going to like Dan Otero. I had Scott Atchison, Matt Albers. Uh, see, I think Dillo Santos <laughs> was better than Atchison and Albers, but, uh, like I remember when they traded for Dan Otero, and I he I was like, ah oh, man, this is gonna be like another Dan Wheeler. Because I remember when they had Dan Wheeler, and I was like, this is gonna be terrible. But in 2016, Dan Otero was pretty indispensable, and uh, I would say that was De Los Santos. He was the first guy out of the bullpen who, like, if they were losing in the sixth inning or the seventh inning, and they didn't want to go to like their big guns, they went with De Los Santos, and he kept the score close. And man, he pitched some good playoff innings too. So yeah, definitely a hey. solid. <laughs> I have to relay this with Dan Otero. When that trade happened, I reached out to uh, a guy I used to write prospects with um, over at, uh, I can't remember the name of the site now, but like he was a good dude. I think he stopped writing and became a cook, um, like a chef type. But uh, I was like, so what's your uh, prospect? What's your report on Otero? He goes somewhere between um, a quiet and a slick fart. And I was like, oh, okay. He goes, no, in all actuality, he's fine he's just not much of anything but i thought that that was at least humorous enough to share um i like it uh so let's see we have not we're running kind of out of time basically two more names to talk about i think uh nick sandlin i i'm giving him a a b minus like he was really good when he was here but the first half was mostly terrible and then there was the health issue so it's and as you pointed out like that health issue is something like they drafted him as a second rounder, moved him quick through the major minors. Was that one year where I thought like we're 99 had health issues as well, but the year he really broke out. Sandlin had a great year. Kyle Nelson broke out that year. who was awesome this past year for Arizona side note. But uh, that year, like Sandlin got shut down. Was that like 2019? He got shut down in like July. Health is an issue with Sandlin and we're seeing it kind of reappear every single year, but 
I can't not, he was good. He was legitimately good. The only reason I can't put him higher is health. And then as, as opposed to where Henches was average in the first half, he was bad in the first half. Yeah, I, I know you gave him a B minus. I guess there's not much difference in a C plus. Like the control was bad. He had better results in the second half and I have the health issue. So twice. So he's been hurt a couple of years in a row. I know we should just be grading on 2022 alone, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it to a C plus. I I think that uh, the injury issue is not good. And I'm going to give the same grade to Eli Morgan. Listen, he was as much a glue guy in the early part of this pen as Trevor Steffen was in the first half when they're trying to figure out was when he was at his best. He was very lucky in the first half in terms of batted ball luck. He was very unlucky when things went awry in the second half. He's a useful swing starter. He's a useful ninth guy, depth guy in the pen. I think he is a Solid bullpen piece. Um, I've been calling for that from the moment they drafted him. I'm like, with the fastball change, just fast track him. Hopefully, uh, we'll see a little more consistent. He wasn't necessarily inconsistent. He just had a bad run in like July to August. But no, he's a solid performer. It's that C plus, B minus range again for me. Uh, is he someone you really want in the seventh, eighth, ninth? No, but does he have value? Absolutely. Yeah, I like him as like your fourth guy out of the bullpen. Uh, definitely a solid beat. There were moments this year where he saved this bullpen, especially like you said, early in the year. I have concerns about the fastball and and guys sitting on his changeup eventually because that's really all he has. Although I think late in the year, the slider was a little more, had a little more utility for him. I'm not going to say it's a good pitch, but it got better. Um, he did bump his fastball velocity up early in the year. I think he did some weight training or something, and uh, he didn't sustain it, but... I think he at least figured out that it's in there. And if he can figure out how to unlock it for the entire year, um, I like him to be just as consistent, maybe a little more consistent next year, like you said. So we're going to end the audio version of the podcast right here. I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing, downloading daily, subscribing. It helps. We are up to a grand total of 1,129 subscribers on YouTube. Let's keep that train rolling. Uh, I want to thank everyone who's listening now, if you go over to that YouTube, we're going to talk prospects here. It's maybe not going to be the full long show. Justin is soldiering through this. He wouldn't he wouldn't admit it, but he's, he's dealing with a bit of a headache. I'm going to be the one to let you know. He is trying his best to give you guys top shelf content, uh, even when he's not feeling well. So we're going to get into the prospects. We're going to talk a little bit more on today's Lockdown Guardians. But first, got to end it. So go, go, Guardians, go.